The opinions expressed in the following program are those of the producer and not necessarily those of WKTV Community Media. We hear things in the deep dark night. We see things in the shadows, in the corners of our eyes. In mind and dim light, we sense things when they just aren't right. Our dealings are not with human flesh and bone, but rather with an essence that defies even the basic laws of nature, like space and time. These elusive selves challenge our logical minds, forcing us to take faith in the unseen, the unsubstantiated. We cling to theory, statistical inevitability, and the imminent manifestation of mystery. Brought to you by WKTV, I'm your ghost hunting host, Wayne Preston Curtis Thomas. Welcome to a very special episode of Grand Rapids Ghost Hunters Paranormal Podcast. As always, we ask that you please keep an open mind about things that you might not easily believe as we explore the mysterious. Normally at this point, I introduce my co-host. However, we had a family emergency. Mama Mary Bassett was supposed to join us, but she's at the hospital right now uh, with her husband. So uh, hopefully that turns out okay, a bad cut, but uh, hopefully he's stitched up and everything's going to be fine there. Now, Mama Mary does uh, quantum healing hypnosis technique, so that's going to be significant to this show. She would have been a, a welcome addition. And then my other normal co-host, Brandon Jose, he's on vacation. So he's headed to Alabama. And then we have Kim and Tanya, uh, a co-host also that couldn't make it. But So I'm here, and our very special guest is an author. She's a speaker. She's an experiencer. And you uh, UFO people know that that is the new word for abductee. And she's also the assistant director for the North Carolina MUFON. Please welcome to our show. Well, I'm going to first, before I introduce her, I want to read chapter three, the first sentence from chapter three. And this is going to explain a lot. And then I'll introduce my guest. As a little girl... My attention was focused on my soul, astral travel, UFOs, meditation, psychic abilities, reincarnation, and the afterlife. That was uh, Sev Talk as a little girl. Please welcome to the show, Sev. Hi, Wayne. Well, thank you for that marvelous introduction, and I'm reading along with you uh, the first sentence of Chapter 3. It's my pleasure to be with you. Hello, everybody who's watching and listening. Thank you for spending your time with us. Yeah. um, Now, I didn't point out that you were born in Istanbul, Turkey. So yes. you and you did you did the warm up you counted to ten in Turkish that's the first for our show, <laughs> but yeah that chapter three that first sentence I think that says a lot for you and how you grew up maybe you could get into that to a little bit and then 
how your father was an influence on you and what, your brother or sister? Sister. Okay. But the both of you, how your father influenced you at early age. To me, right after he passed away, four days after he came, after he passed away, he came in a ball of blue light in the living room. And uh, I, I knew something was happening. I just came back from Hawaii. I had just gotten back in the house, literally from Hawaii. And I sat down and I took out all the shells and all the the lava rocks, which I wasn't supposed to take, which I took, and everything, and I'm putting it on the table, and all of a sudden, I see energy coming off of intensely, and I heard the the pitch, the sound pitch of the room, uh, start to increase and increase and increase, and it was layered and layered and layered, and I turned to the cats and I said. What is happening? Something's happening. And then whoosh, my dad appears in this beautiful big orb of blue light. So that's I think that's chapter one, right? How chapter is that how chapter one begins? Uh I don't ch chapter one begins by uh by uh, my description of my first uh, conscious memory of ET contact, which was when I was 10. Okay. And that that went on for a couple of years. But I think, you know, I think we need to go back even farther. You know, you, you said that your dad would play psychic games with you and your sister and that you could actually bend spoons and spin <laughs> tiny pinwheels with your mind alone. Now, that's pretty crazy, huh? Well, it wasn't just my mind alone. We, we put our hand around the pinwheel. I actually have a video of it somewhere. Oh. Uh, and it would start to rotate and just spin super, 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 super fast. Oh, yeah. That's amazing. That's, that's some kind of a carnival trick there. <laughs> I mean, shoot, I think most girls, little girls, are playing with Barbie dolls. Did you? Now, did, I did you, that too. You did that too. I was wondering. Yeah. yeah, so you did have sort of a normal uh, upbringing, but your yeah. father was instrumental, I think, in setting your path. He really was, and I'm just so grateful that you you uh, noticed that and that you picked up on that and that you're mentioning it. My mom, who's alive, is also very intuitive and psychic and very spiritual okay. and artistic. And she had a... a and an innovator my parents were before their time uh, especially for old school turkish people they were like whew, all of their friends thought they were very unusual <laughs> okay right yeah i mean growing up in my family i think we had a lot of superstitions but um they didn't bring a home ouija board for us to play with you said as a child you actually traveled between dimensions and you did automatic writing you uh, you where you were channeling in this automatic writing. Yeah. You allow the spirits to manipulate your hand. What kind of messages were you getting back when you were a child? Do you remember any of those? Uh. Yes, I started actually writing down the messages when I was fifteen, sixteen years old, and. 
back then we called it automatic writing. Now we call it channeling. Uh, uh, before that, I never really wrote it down. But what came out was information that was not information that I knew or that I talked about. Uh, uh, and it also came out perfectly written. I would write pages and pages and pages and pages and there were no mistakes. And that's not how I write. When I sit down to write, there's a line here and a scratch here and that this goes here and that goes there. And that's how I knew that this was coming from outside of me. And the messages were really beautiful in that they were very encouraging and they were all about love and frequency and unity and consciousness and vibration. Yeah, your book is real positive, that positive message. And I think you say that love is the highest of frequency. That's what yes. you said in your book. Yes. Your name is so, your name's cool. Sev Talk, S E V and T O K. And it translates to love full or maybe full love. So, it was, yes. yeah, right along your message. <laughs> you were born to be a messenger for, for these messages that you're getting from oh, the aliens. Thank you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, at 45 years old, you started to question whether you were crazy or not. Yeah. And you actually used a few uh, words that uh, you talked about fears when you were, when you were coming out, you said. You, you had the fear that maybe you were going to be perceived as a screwball, a wacko, crazy, weird, or a kook. Yeah. Did you get past that fear? Yeah, I'm past that. I'm way past that. Uh, but I didn't really start to pass that or really start to deal with those feelings and uh, maneuver through them until 2018. Oh, wow. Really, up up until that yeah I, I just came out in 2018 and so I was hiding it up until then okay and it happens a lot in our industry it's not just um, people who are experiencers well experiencers in different ways other than aliens we they have psychic abilities they don't even tell their family about it they grow up right. and just keep it hidden or if they see Bigfoot they don't want to tell anybody because they're going to be called a kook or crazy. But actually, Navy pilots, the same thing. They don't want to come forward. There was always a stigma in the past that if you were you said you were, saw an alien or saw a UFO, there was a stigma that came with that, and your job might be even be in jeopardy. So, But I think we're finally starting to get past that. Yes. Uh, recently... I'm hearing from more experiencers than ever. I help experiencers around the world, and I help them through my work with MUFON, but I also help them personally. Uh, if you go to my website, planetsev.com, uh, there's a tab there uh, for you to share your ET contact story with me, and it's private. And uh, I'll help you. If you need help processing it, I'll help you as much as I can. And this is free. I do this for free. Okay. That and then... I also have a section on my website called uh, True ET Stories, where I share some of these stories along with the drawings and the pictures, but I don't use the names uh, unless someone gives me permission to use their names, uh, because I think it's important to share, uh, because uh, someone who is confused and afraid, if they see a story similar to theirs 
or if they see a picture of a being similar to what they saw, it really helps in the process of uh, acceptance. Oh, I bet. Yeah. I could have listed that on your bio because you do. You go and help those people, those experiencers who are having trouble with it, maybe having some of the same fears that you had. Yes. You know, you, you said in your book, you also had a fear of the grays. It was actually a terror, you said now. Yes. originally it was yeah i love how you really read my book oh, oh, i yeah. am so grateful now, this is fantastic uh this is very fun for me uh, yeah thank you for spending all that time and also on the time on all these wonderful questions you're asking great questions uh so i was terrified of the grays uh, up until 2018, oh, wow. uh, you know, the cover of Whitley Strieber's book, there is no way in how I looked at that thing once and then I could never look at it again. And I grew up not being able to look at pictures of Grace. I couldn't watch movies about them. I couldn't read anything about them. They were just, I couldn't deal with them. The fear was overcoming. And, uh, and I, they're the ones that helped me face my fear of the ETs. Uh, they're the ones that helped me actually uh, step into uh, my path of authenticity. Uh, I really do believe that the ETs, including the Greys, were helping me all along. Uh, but I thought the Greys were evil up until 2018. I thought they were bad and I thought they were toying with me. I thought they were victimizing me because back then I thought everybody was victimizing me because I was the best victim on earth. That was my definition of myself. And I had a couple of abusive relationships because of that. And uh, it was after the second divorce that I finally saw, you know, I'm the problem. It's not them. I'm the problem. Why am I accepting this crappy behavior? And I decided I'm going to really look deep into myself, get the answer to that, and be the most authentic version of myself I can possibly be, because that's really the only way I'm going to find happiness. Yeah, you and talk so, about that authentic self in the book. Yes, and it just so happened my path of authenticity includes the ETs. Not everyone's path of authenticity. Oh, okay aliens but mine did because I was running from them running 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 and when you're living a lie when you something as remarkable as ET contact which is a spectacular event and we should be telling the world and we should be sharing what we're doing instead we're retracting and we're afraid and we're embarrassed this is why I've come out and I want to help experiencers not be so uh, afraid and embarrassed I'm not saying you have to come out and write a book but I'm helping experiences come out to themselves. That's the number one most important thing to do. And so when I started coming out to myself, uh, that's when I realized the hold that my fear of the grace had on me and how ignoring my experiences my whole entire life was living a lie. And it's not like we can compartmentalize that and then pretend that all the other areas of our life are going to be fine and fulfilled because, no, that little lie permeates every single area of your life, every relationship that you have. You did the past life regression with Dolores Cannon. Is, is that Did that help you? Uh, I did not do a past life regression with Dolores Cannon. Uh, I did one with someone else. Uh, and uh, 
Um, I, I've done it twice. Oh, Diane uh, Kensler. Diane Kensler. All right. Okay. Mary, yeah. Mary studied under Dolores. Mama Mary Bassett, who was supposed to be on the show, she studied under Dolores. But did this past life regression, did that help you get past that fear of the grays? No, it didn't help me get past the fear of the grays. Um, uh, no, I, I can't say that that did. It brought up some interesting experiences, but... Uh, I wouldn't say it helped me because it came along, it came right at the time when I was starting to process everything. And uh, when I had that past, that regression, I was still afraid of them. Oh, okay. And when I came out of the regression, I was still a little afraid of them. No, and then what happened, but then what happened just a couple months later after that regression, that's what prompted me to heal. Okay. Now, you come up with a mathematical probability, and of course, that's something that we talk about. That's something that, uh, through MUFON, that I've heard about before, you come up with 19 sextillion stars like ours. So it's pretty much statistically inevitable that they're out there, is what you're saying. Yeah. I mean... Mathematically, yes. Mathematically, it is, right? So, so if you want to be logical about it, let's be logical about it. <laughs> right. And I've heard yeah. different equations, uh, different people that actually how close they might be. But your book, you, you talked about a couple different things. Um, how the, you had a message, messages that were uh, similar. And then that is that. We are all multidimensional beings with psychic abilities. You say it different ways. You say we are living in a multidimensional universe. You say your genuine self is intergalactic and multidimensional with paranormal abilities. That's You're saying that we all are that, right? Yes. Yes. We are all that. Yes. That's pretty. We're all energy that doesn't die that exists spontaneously everywhere all the time and uh and we have uh, experiences our energy is funneled into different consciousnesses that we call past lives although it's all happening at the same time and that's what we call a life when that uh, energy is focused through another consciousness and that focus uh, creates that reality yeah, talking about past lives, I think I set your book down and then I picked it back up and I'm reading that you were imprisoned like 19 times or something. And I'm like, wait a minute. what? Did I what? You're imprisoned. You're imprisoned 19 times. I couldn't figure that out. I'm going, well, Sev is a criminal. And then I realized, no, this is a past life, these past lives that she's talking about. So, yeah, I was... <laughs> I had to I had to look that up again. And then also that you could be a you're a male. So you're a man and because I didn't know whether I could be a, a woman in a past life or not, but your book answered it for me. Yeah, well forget being a woman. You could be another being. You could oh. be a completely different entity. Completely different. You might not even have a body. Okay. Just a spiritual being. All right. Yeah, your book was so 
so uh, eye-opening, really expanded my mind just reading it. You, you talk about so much in this book. Um, you talk about the kundalini energy. You're talking about energy. You talk about the kundalini um, if you could expand on that a little bit. I, I don't know if that's really a feminine energy. Is that just for women? No. Kundalini energy uh, sits in your lower chakras. Do you know about the chakra system? Right. Yep. Yeah. Okay, so it sits in your lower chakras. And often, it, they, uh, often it's depicted like as a snake or coiled up. And when it starts to uncoil, when that snake starts to slither up your body, when it's activated, some things happen. For instance, your desire to know the truth is unquenchable. All of a sudden, you have to know the truth about everything, including yourself. And all of a sudden, the truth is the most important thing. So you want to present yourself as the most honest, truthful version of yourself that you possibly can. And thus, the peeling back of those lies that you've created, peeling, peeling, because we all have so many layers of lives, uh, lies constantly peeling back. And I do believe that uh, when the grays marked my back in 2017, they marked me on my tush. First, they put a red X on my left cheek, and then nine days later, they put a red X on my right cheek. And I do believe that was a kundalini activation uh, because I, my, my desire was to uh, live authentically. Uh, that is related to kundalini energy. And uh, at the time, I didn't know the grace were helping me, but I really think that they were helping me in my desire to live as authentically as I could by activating that energy. And it doesn't have to be activated through red X marks on your butt cheeks. It can be activated just through uh, yoga, meditation, uh, channeling, uh, just your spiritual uh, work. Okay. You say that the ET contact was continuous and often you had strange marks on your body, geometric uh, things, perfect triangles. And I don't know, can you see the red dots here? <laughs> I, I'm guessing this is about maybe twice as big as what was on your butt. <laughs> you made me laugh in your book. And usually paranormal books don't make me laugh. But when you said, Patrick. Did you make a model? Is yeah, that made a, a model? model. Yeah, even rounded for you. And then you said, <laughs> you said, you said, Patrick, check my butt. So I've never read that in any paranormal book before this. Oh. Wait, you are hilarious. Yeah, I never, no one's you. ever put I their butt. <laughs> no oh one ever gosh. put their butt in a book before that I have. <laughs> but I'm guessing these dots are like twice as big, at least, right, than what appeared on your hiney. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's a little bit bigger because the original the original ones were about inch and a half to two inches. Okay. Inch and a half, like that. Yeah. And it's. But they look like that. People need just, to buy the book just for that reason alone. Just to, just to see a picture of my butt? Yeah, your butt with the X's on it. Because, you know, I looked up. <laughs> there it is, right? Oh, it shows up better than I thought it was going to. Yeah. the You know, X. There's the original. There you go. That's dark there, right? And then 
X, I looked up what X could mean. That's like, oh, a, yes. it's a, like a distress signal for its universal um, distress signal, uh, X, a big X if you're lost on an island or something, you make an X. Um, and then, well, X-Files, that's just, I, you know, X-Files, I don't know if it was related to that. One one X could have been a bug, maybe. I mean, he would have had to have been biting you in the exact pattern. But after the second X showed up, you must have really been spooked, weren't you, at that point? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Well, these X's are, if you look at them, they're equidistant. I've had people actually measure these X's before. And the picture of this X for the past, uh, when did I write this book? For the past five years, it's been traveling around the world. And nobody has been able to come up with an ulterior uh, explanation as to what burned those X marks in my tush. Right. So, to answer your questions, when the second one happened, yeah, I went into an existential crisis right then and there. Right then and there. Uh, I was, it's really hard to describe, uh, but it felt like I was just floating in nothingness. Like, um, Everything I knew just was gone. Uh, I didn't know who I was anymore. I didn't know who we were as a human race anymore. I didn't know what I was doing in the middle of the night, going out and hanging out with aliens. I didn't know what they wanted with me. Like, I knew nothing. Like, I felt like I was, it was almost like a rebirth, and I had to know everything all over again. And it was very scary, because like I said, at that time, I thought they were evil. I thought the grays were bad. And uh, after I calmed myself down, uh, I declared for the first time in my life that I needed help, because finally I realized I can't deal with this alone anymore. And I didn't know who was going to help me. Uh, but I figured I'd let that organically happen. That's what I do if I want something, or if I want to do something, or if I want something to happen, I just... I just make it my intent and then I just allow it to organically happen. And so just a few months later, I came across Kathy Martin, Kathleen Martin, the niece of Betty and Barney Hill, a world-renowned ufologist. And she helped me tremendously, tremendously. And now we've become friends. She's actually uh, endorsed my book. I'm so honored. And uh, she's come here to visit me, and uh, she's a joy. And she, because of how much she helped me, I wanted to try my best to, to help other experiencers because she helped me step out of the fear, and she validated things for me, and that changed my life for the better. Coming out was the best thing I've ever done in my life. Yeah. The number one best thing I've ever done. All the things I was afraid of that was going to happen if I came out, they didn't happen. Okay. So that's what got you past that fear, got you moving on. It's, it's, it's good to have support. And I know you, you talk about validation in your book, which everybody in, the, in this field that I'm involved in is looking for validation. And you found validation through your synchronicity where you moved to geographically, your friends at the time all told you you were on the right direction. And I think maybe that helped you get past that fear too, this seeing the synchronicity and saying, yep, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Yes, looking for those signs of alignment. 
Right. And uh, when you notice, you know, when you know what to look for and you notice, see those signs of alignment and then you continue in that direction, you're absolutely right. Uh, that did help me a lot. Uh, I've decided that uh, if at any point I meet resistance or I meet difficulty, then I'm like, oh, okay, I got to tweak what I'm doing and maybe go in a slightly different direction because I'm not into resistance. Uh, I think that we can do, uh, activate our purpose, live uh, as we wish to without a lot of resistance. Yeah, you called that, would, would you say signs of what? Alignment. Signs of alignment, right. I always called them a significant coincidence. That's before I knew uh, what synchronicity was all about. You know, I just thought there's some there's some coincidences that are higher than others in significance. So uh, a higher significance of a, a yeah. thing happening right in your life when you're saying, yeah, I am where I'm supposed to be and it's validated for you. I think that helps you keep moving forward on this journey. Yours was a spiritual journey, too. I mean, you talked about angels. You say angels are all around us and they speak through strangers, clients, family, co-workers, and friends. I'm wondering, can angels also speak to us through pets, through our pets? Yes, absolutely. Any consciousness can speak through any other living being. Uh, and uh, Or an, an angel can just talk to you directly. Uh, what is an angel? What are your definition of an angel? All of that kind of stuff really changes person by person. Uh, it really doesn't matter to me what the definitions are. I just know that there are an unlimited amount of beings, unlimited quantity of consciousnesses, uh, existing in an unlimited amount of dimensions. And you say that we, that I could be an angel for someone else, that we all could be an angel if we... Ultimately, I think we all are. Okay. Whether we know it or not. <laughs> we don't always act angel <laughs> like an angel, maybe. But uh, yeah, maybe... Deep Even the person that makes you the angriest or the saddest could really be an angel in disguise for you to help you awake or to help you realize something, learn something, not to make a mistake again or to transform or to change in a positive way. And so uh, I, I don't have a negative attitude about my ex-husbands anymore. I really do call them angels because they help me wake up. Oh, okay. Right. And you say, you said in your book that you see dead people while you're sleeping or awake. Yeah, I did. I used to do a, a lot of that. I don't do, I don't entertain myself with people who've passed as much as I used to. When I first started my spiritual career, I did connect with dead people uh, for my clients. Uh, and before I started uh, having clients, I did have uh, dead people visiting me in my dreams when I was awake, giving me messages. Uh, uh, when it first happened, this man just popped into uh, my third eye. I was in the yard, just laying on the uh, on the deck, getting sun, and I saw him right here. And he said his name, and I remember I just sat up, and I was like, "What was that?" And this voice goes, "Go look in the obituary." 
And I'm like, oh my God, I'm insane. So I got up and I went and I looked in the obituaries and he had just died. And then it just started coming and coming and coming, but to the point where it was bothering me, it was too much. I didn't know that I was in control. I didn't know that the faucet can be half on or half off. I thought the faucet had to be either completely on and you're inundated or completely off and you don't have any form of communication at all. So I, there were many times in my life where I said, okay, I'm not talking to dead people anymore. Everybody has to leave me alone. But then slowly I get back into it and then I'm inundated. I'm like, okay, everybody leave me alone, no more. And then I get back into it. But now I've learned that I can control it. They don't have to bother me if I don't want them to bother me. Yeah, I, I think that people like you and the people I have on the show is they, they open up one area of their mind or whatever. And then that seems to open up other areas for them whether it's aliens uh, or psychics or that's always thought maybe that these psychic mediums were going to be the first ones who were going to be in contact with because they're already are like have the ability to see, you know, through this veil. So they're like, like they're halfway there, but they have an advantage over us. But according to your book, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I I like to call it playing on the playground of consciousness. So when you're on the playground of consciousness, you're communicating with other multidimensional beings. They're all there. So you're eventually going to be communicating with the ETs, with angels, with guys, with dead people, whatever it is, they're all there. Uh, and so uh, it, that channel of communication just opens up to all of them. Yeah. And the best way to do it is through meditation. Okay. And you were doing that at a, very young age, maybe fifth grade, I think you said you yes. were meditating. <laughs> I never even heard of it by then. I did transcendental meditation more more in my 20s when I was in college. But oh. that's yeah. where you have a mantra that you repeat that mantra. It's a little yeah. bit different, I think, than meditating that they do now with the chakras and that. <laughs> yeah. You said in your book that humans are myopic and so we're humans are nearsighted we're we're lacking imagination and insight for the most part and I, i'm thinking maybe that's what your message in your book has a lot to do with kind of opening our eyes so we're not so myopic yes thank you for saying that that was the intention of my book was to share my story so that other people who have similar experiences know they're not alone. And also for people who have not had these kind of experiences to know that these are real. I'm just a normal, ordinary person. Uh, but all these experiences that happen to me can happen to you too. There's nothing special about me at all. All it is is I'm focused in the other realms. So some people don't even know they can focus in the other realms. So the book helps you see that, well, you can focus in the other realms. And when you do that, all of a sudden, you get this fantastic free information. It's like therapy. And it's information about you, for you, to help you live as a human being, because being a human being is a difficult thing. And so it's free therapy. Yeah, it's good therapy. You say that... We are, as humans, we're not ready, 
So the government's giving us a slow reveal that we get knowledge when we're ready for it. And so that's kind of where we're at is like we're warming up to this knowledge a little at a time. Yes. Uh, thank you for bringing that up. Uh, everything has energy and frequency to it. Uh, I do, you do, this book does, everything does, including thoughts and including knowledge. Uh, for instance, what we call an aha moment uh, or an epiphany is really you aligning with the energy of that knowing. Because we have all this knowing inside of us and it all has different frequencies to it. And when our personal frequency is similar to the, uh, the frequency of that knowledge or that knowing, then ding, it makes sense to us. We know it, we're aware of it. Uh, and so that's why, uh, that's why I say that. Uh, and that's why it's so important to raise your frequency because as you raise your frequency, well, there's many reasons <clears throat> you want to raise your frequency, but one reason is that you can align with higher frequency information and knowledge. The government's finally starting to um, say, yeah, we were withholding information. We lied to you. <laughs> this stuff is happening. They're finally starting to come forward, right? But what the aliens are offering us is not a bad thing according to you they're offering no war no hunger no killing it's like a kinder reality infused with empathy and love that's what you're yes yeah that's what you're telling us they're offering us that doesn't sound so bad <laughs> no once you can get over the fear and really listen to what they have to say it's uh, beautifully transformative. And in fact, right now, I'm working on the talk that I'm going to give at the McMinimins UFO Festival next week in Portland, Oregon. And it's my talk is called Our Aliens Are Galactic Saviors. And I'm going to be sharing true ET contact stories, people who've gotten in touch with me, uh, told me their stories and shared uh, their drawings and their paintings with me. And they're beautiful. Uh, and I'm going to talk about the information that the ETs gave them. And pretty much the information that experiences are given, we're given very, very powerful information, and it tends to be in the following categories. Scientific uh, and uh, innovation, uh, the hybridization program, uh, spiritual and self-empowerment, uh, future events for mankind, and how to strengthen psi abilities. And so all the ET contact stories that I'll be sharing in my talk at the McMenamin's UFO Festival would be demonstrating all these different types of information that we get from the ETs. Oh yeah, nice. Yeah, you said every human has an ET link. And to get personal, you saw your own ET baby in a, like a big test tube. And you talked about how it had the bluest eyes. Yes. Let me see if I can find that picture. At the time, I did not know I had anything to do with that baby. It was just perplexing to me, very, very confusing. Uh, it wasn't until what happened to me in Roswell, New Mexico, uh, I think in 2016, that I, saw, I realized that I have something to do with the hybridization program. But this is a picture I drew of, nice. 
I was in this room, this very dark room with that tube and in it was floating a baby with the bluest eyes I've ever seen. And behind me were three grays, tall, medium, and short. And this is before I knew they even came in different sizes. And they were very nice. And they were saying, uh, we're just gonna stand back here um, while you look at the baby, take all the time you need, no hurry. And that made no sense to me. I didn't feel anything for that baby. And I popped back into my room wide awake that's one of the signs uh when you are deposited back into your bedroom or into the room and your eyes pop open and you are wide awake there's no grogginess it's not like you're coming out of a dream uh that's uh, a sign that you just uh you just came out of an experience and uh i told myself i don't know what the hell that was um, I didn't know anything about the hybridization program at that point because I still wasn't reading anything about UFO stuff or aliens or anything. And I just kept it a secret. Uh, but then in 2016, uh, my ex-partner and I went to Roswell and we had a shared experience. And they gave me more information about the hybridization program and they reminded me of that baby in the tube. And also, I've had uh, another experience where I was healing uh, hybrid babies, but there were human beings involved. And the hybrid babies were very, very sick. They were splitting, spitting up blood. So this is, I don't know exactly what that experience was. Was it MILAB, military abductions? Uh, are there hybridization programs that humans are involved in? And it seems like whenever humans are involved in these kind of things, they get all messed up. Are there uh, just uh, human ET um, like me and ET, and then are there hybridization programs where there's government officials or some kind of human officials that are also involved doing their own hybridization programs? I don't know. Uh, I get the feeling that there's a variety of different programs uh, and that the ones that the humans are involved in uh, really don't have good intentions. Okay. Now, Bill Konkoleski, our state director of MUFON here in Michigan, He's got his two know. books out, Experiencer 1 and 2, and he talks about the blue eyes. And I'm reading another book right now by Dave Emmons, who talks about the blue eyes. So, I mean, that's three. That's just, that's just three. But I think there's something to that. And you're talking about these hybrids. You know, I'm wondering, extraterrestrial sex. See? <laughs> you know, I, that's yeah. what I'm wondering, because there's reports to the Pentagon about people saying that they had sex with aliens, the best sex ever. But yeah. I'm thinking your baby, though, wasn't from a sexual experience, right? Or uh, I don't really recall having sex with an alien yeah. or a reptilian or anything like that. Um, but I do know that there are people who say that that's happened. Uh, it's usually men and, and these beings that they're... Uh, having sex with, they seem to have these screen images. First, they're these gorgeous women, and then they turn into these beastly beasts. So that's some of the ones that I've read. There's so many different, different stories about hybridization that I can't even possibly tell you about all the different stories. It seems to happen in a variety of ways. The traditional physical sex and uh, also more of a um, scientific manner. Right. Like You're talking like superhumans, uh, these hybrids. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, yes. Maybe uh, things that we can't do, hybrid, these hybrid babies. Uh, maybe they're engineered so they can uh, travel uh, in other ways. You maybe. break it down to ETH and IDH, extraterrestrial hypothesis. Like, where do they come from? So, and then you break it down to those two things and then interdimensional hypothesis. This is the first time I've heard anyone break it down. I mean, I've tried to pin Bill Konkoleski down on like, where are these things coming from? And you're saying they travel through different dimensions or they travel through large uh, space. Portals. Okay. Yes. But two, yeah. these two different ways. You talk about the first time yes. anyone's ever talked about it that I that I know of in a book that I've read anyhow. Okay. Yeah, I was glad Absolutely. you broke that down. Thank you. You can have a three D experience, or you can have uh, this interdimensional, multidimensional experience that makes it feel like a dream. And I've had both. In the middle of the day, uh, a couple of years ago, I had these two uh, blue light beings walk in, and that was while I was wide awake. Uh, they were interdimensional beings, and I could see them. Uh, and then. Uh, that really isn't as common as the interdimensional uh, travel. Okay. Uh, a lot of people are having that. And so that comes, that experience, when you remember it, it feels dreamy and it feels hazy. And so that's why a lot of people discount it as a dream or an imagination. And that's what I used to do. But then that same kind of experience brought me two red X's on my tush. Yeah. And how I realized dreams don't burn two red X's in your butt cheeks. Right. So these real experiences, but they feel hazy and dreamy because they're happening in another dimension. It's another aspect of you. Okay. Um, I don't know exactly where to go from here. I know, well, you talk about Earth's collective consciousness and you talk about there's three different things that you have to do you have to believe number one you have to know you can hear feel and see interdimensional ufos and that process that information and three practice 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 so <laughs> i guess that's where you're yes. at the practice point right now yes and so Basically, if you want to strengthen your psi abilities, and we all have them, a variety of different um, psychic abilities, uh, first, you just have to know that you have them because awareness uh, is the key. And then you have to believe that you can use them and you have them and you're going to use them. And then number three, you practice, 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 strengthening those abilities. And I have a YouTube channel, Alien Spirit with Sev, and I created this three-part series of videos uh, to help you raise your frequency because it's really important when you're looking for friends in the galaxies that you do that with the highest frequency that you can. Uh, and so these videos help you raise your frequency. And at the end of each one, I created a meditation, a guided meditation with my voice. And I also paired high-frequency music to it to help you connect with an ET or another worldly being, whatever kind of being you want, dead people, but to help you 
uh, enter that playground of consciousness and to communicate with other beings in a very safe way, in a way that you are not afraid and in a way that makes you want to continue. Yeah, I love the way you broke it down. So someone can build off of that and, and get to that point where they can process information that they're not used to. You know, yeah. I'm going to backtrack a little bit. When you talked about when you were under hypnosis, you talked about, I think Patrick might have been there with you, and the, your speech pattern changed. You used new words. You weren't even in your vocabulary. And yeah. I think that's Im important that, that you... Uh, how you changed like that. You maybe even your, your personality, you felt changed. See, I've had that happen to me where my speech pattern changed. I was dropping off some protection prayers to a place where we had investigated for a ghost. And actually it was, it was some other entity. It wasn't a ghost. It was something else, but it got inside of me. And when it did, it, right in mid sentence, my, my whole uh, speech pattern changed my my inflex, you know, uh, and then the dog I had been petting started growling at me. So some kind of entity got inside of me and it kind of shook me. I didn't really know how to embrace that, but I wasn't under hypnosis. But yeah, I, I just wonder what that was like for Patrick to watch you. And then now, all of a sudden now you're doing different accents, maybe a southern draw or something in your voice. Yeah. <laughs> It must have been something uh, I was glad. I was very glad that he was there. And I do suggest if anyone has uh, this done, that it has to be done in person. It cannot be done on Zoom or on the Internet. That's very dangerous. And, in fact, at MUFON, we have a vetted list of regression, regression therapists. And they're not. we will not vet anyone or allow anyone to be on our list if they do uh, these kind of regressions online or through the Internet. That's oh, not safe. I did not know that. Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. And uh, and I do suggest if you get it done to bring someone with you because he actually came into the room with me and he took notes and uh, and he's a very 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 logical person. So to him this was like wow, uh, something very very new for him. And I was just glad that I had him there to tell me that my speech pattern changed and I was using words I never used before. And he said, I don't know what happened in there. But I know something real happened. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But the thing is, I share all my ET contact stories. They're all conscious memory stories. I do not share stories from the regression that I had uh, because even though I don't poo-poo hypnotherapy at all, I think it's a good thing. I'm not 100% certain what it is. I'm just not sure. What is it? What is it? What is it? I don't know. Yeah. Right? So... I prefer to just share my conscious memories, uh, but I am not poo-pooing uh, uh, hypnosis at all. Uh, I think it can be very, very beneficial for a person if they are ready. Okay. Yeah, I know Bill Konkoleski, he had uh, hypnosis and regressed and brought back some memories I think that he wasn't familiar with. I just wonder if there are some risks going under hypnosis and you said yes there could be if you do it online and it's good points that you're making for people who are considering this i also wonder are it's really, they really really whereas first I, there's no way i would have been able to drive absolutely oh. 
impossible. Okay. There's no way. Because you're still not grounded. Okay. And then someone should be there with you. And some people don't process uh, as quickly as others. And if you if you relive, because you're reliving these experiences, you're not just watching them like TV. You're in that body. You're having those experiences. You're feeling everything all over again. This is intense. And then if you experience something scary and horrible, and then your hypnotist is like, okay, bye, thanks for the session, click, and you're sitting in your bedroom all by yourself right. having to deal with this scary memory, that's not that's not a good idea. I was wondering if people are prone to confabulation where they think they're telling the truth, and it seems yeah. like a real experience, but under, under hypnosis, is it? And I think that you're questioning that a little bit. That's why you want to deal with the stuff when you're wide awake that you know for sure what you experienced. Yes, that I know for sure. Although the information that has come through in my uh, regression therapy has been very helpful. And I, and I am glad that I had it. Uh, but because I'm just not certain where it came from, I prefer not to talk about yeah. it. Although in my book, I say that, but what did I do in my book? I dedicated an entire chapter to my regression and pretty much word for word, I wrote everything that happened. But I, yeah, I think that's an important chapter though. I really do. And the, and the warnings that you gave today for people out there that are considering it, I think that's very important that you get that message across. Well, we're, we're kind of, We've been here a while, so I need to move on to my, my final thought. I always do a final thought, and usually this is to get my co-host and anyone else who hasn't said anything involved, but it's just you and I. But I still want to do the final thought, and it it's a little bit different than anything that's in your book. But in the movie AI, Artificial Intelligence, I don't know if you're familiar with the movie. There's a character, David. He's a childlike android, and he's programmed with the ability to love so the final thought, the question is, will an AI, an android, ever be considered a sentient being? Or will Pinocchio ever be a real boy? That's my question. <laughs> will we ever get to that point where we're so advanced that this artificial life is sentient life? So... Well I do believe in the divine spark that starts life. And that divine spark is divine and not man-made. There you go. Yeah. You're not ever going to be able to put that magic in that android. He may act like a human being and portray human emotions even. But will he ever have that spark of life in him? That's, yeah. that's a good point there. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, let's see how far we are. I think we're pretty close. Yeah, we're pretty close. A shout out to people that were influenced, influenced you early on, or I know Patrick has been part of your support system. You have a, a couple girlfriends who have offered a lot of support through the years, but do you want to do a shout out to anybody who's really helped you on this path? Oh, with, with thank you. That's nice. Yeah. yeah. Who, I'm no longer with Patrick, but when we worked together, oh. he was 
Very, very supportive, yes. Uh, and now I'm with a gentleman who's very, very supportive. It's important to me that I now surround myself with supportive people. I have a lot of girlfriends. Not all of them want to talk about this, and that's totally okay. Not all of them are really all that interested in this work that I do. Some of them are very interested, and that's very okay with me. As far as shout-outs, of course, the first shout-outs go to my parents for giving up a very cushy, comfortable life and coming to the United States of America uh, and raising my sister and I uh, as open-mindedly as they could right. to help us feel safe and comfortable in asking a lot of questions. I think that's uh, so key. Very, very, very that's key for, that. for you right there, that early influence there. I think that set your path. Yes. Yeah, you yeah. needed that because you your journey was just beginning, I think. So you needed that that special training at an early age. My shout out goes special. to Tyler, my tech guy here who makes it happen. He's also he's part of the the whole picture podcast. He's, he does his own his shows into the third dimension. So a shout out to Tyler and then my co-host, Mary, uh, Mama Mary Bassett that couldn't make it. Kim uh, couldn't make it. She's vacationing uh, overseas somewhere, I think. And then uh, Tanya and Brandon. So shout out to those guys. And then how about upcoming, ongoing? You already mentioned uh, one place you're going to. Uh, what else is in the works for you? Or mention that again. Uh, next week, I'll be speaking at the McMenamin's UFO Festival in Portland, Oregon. It's a big festival. I'm very excited to be there. Uh, and then uh, in August, I will be speaking at the MUFON International Symposium. Uh, I'm so honored that they asked me to do a special event. And uh, last year, I was the Master of Ceremonies for the MUFON Symposium, and I had a lot of fun. So um, I'm very grateful that they've invited me back. And uh, last week, I filmed an episode for a History Channel TV show that I can't say what it is yet. Okay. I am in a Canadian docu-series uh, called uh, UFO Physical Contact. And uh, I continue to do interviews, and uh, some, there's some other conferences that are coming up. And uh, I've been meaning to start a podcast. <laughs> I've been meaning to start a podcast for a couple of years. Oh. So that's something. And I'm also starting another book. I've been meaning to do that, too. So those are the two things that are coming up that I All need right. to do. Uh, upcoming, ongoing for us, you know, we're on TV uh, here on Comcast Channel 25 and UVerse 99 twice a week. They televise our show. So we're always looking forward to that. And then my next show is going to be with a shaman, uh, Shaman Wu. Mm -hmm. I've always wanted to interview a shaman. And just because yeah. they, they seem they're, they're secretive. It's like they, they're not really, they don't want to give their secrets away. We'll find out if Shaman Wu uh, is going to give any of his secrets away. He's Shaman Whitesides Wu. So, and then uh, I'll be lecturing in October, all the KDL libraries in our area, five different ones. So looking forward to that. Yep. But, uh, and then ongoing with me is the 9883 digit crisis hotline. I promoted that hotline before it ever started. I'm still promoting it because we have people, we lose a American veteran military person 
about every 65 minutes we lose one to suicide. So that's, we can't have that. So if veteran calls, dial one. After you dial in, you get a special line. Or if you're LGBT, that's also another group where we lose a lot of people to suicide. So 988 your three-digit crisis hotline where you can get a hold of somebody. So it's the inspirational thought, and then the show is over. And my inspirational thought, you say in your book that there's more out there than you can imagine. There's more out there than you can imagine. So I took off of that, and I went to uh, William Shakespeare, Hamlet, Act 1, Scene 5. Hamlet says, There are more things in heaven and earth, in Horatio answers, than are dreamt of in your philosophy or science. So in other mm -hmm. words, and I think, Sev, you said this in your book, you know, the human imagination is limited because... It's just your human imagination. The human knowledge is limited. So don't be handicapped by your own dreams. Dream bigger. Dream beyond. That's my inspirational thought. And if you'd like to comment on that, because I know you said that there's more out there than I think that we can even imagine. Yeah, no, I'm not going to comment because you said it perfectly. Okay. So, dream beyond. And I know you've had some some really crazy dreams. We didn't really yes. get on that too much. You brought dreams up a few times, but the way you dream, I think uh, you've gone past. You've gone that another notch into your imagination, which I didn't even know. I didn't even consider that before, before I read your book, that there's more out there than I can even imagine. I can't be limited by my own imagination. I have to see beyond that. Thanks to you, Sev Talk. Ah, uh, thank you. You, Wayne, are wonderful. I enjoyed this so much. It feels like you did a book report on my book, <laughs> yeah, I and I loved it. And you're just darling, and you're thorough, and you're smart, and your questions are great, and you're knowledgeable. And I would love to come back if you'll have me because hey. I enjoyed you show so much. You know what? I think we'll do that. I think Thank we'll you. talk again when maybe my co-host can enjoy this as much as I yeah. have. So thanks so much, Sev Talk. Keep up the good work. Love. Be brave. Peace out. The opinions expressed in the preceding program are those of the producer and not necessarily those of WKTV Community Media.